Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Way Podcast, where we read scripture. This week, we're reading out of Mark chapter 7. Uh, I'm joined today by someone near and dear to me. Uh, there's this guy who sounds almost exactly like me. Go ahead and say hi. Hi. Okay, so I'm going to say your name a lot today, Tim, because that way people will be able to know the difference of who's talking or not. So I'm Ben LaGrange, pastor of St. Mark's Church in Comanche, uh, and this is my older, more handsome, uh, much smarter brother, Tim. Say hi. I already said hi. Do it again, though. It's fun. I just did. <laughs> I'm just messing with him because he has not had his uh, ADD medication today, so he has admitted he might be a little bit squirrely today, but we're going to keep him on track, and we're going to read through Mark chapter 7. Um, I'll read the first section. I'm going to have you read the second section, and as we read through these spots, we're just going to take a few minutes to discuss them, just see what's it saying to us at the moment. Uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 1, and I'm reading out of the NIV. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law had come from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating foods with their their hands, which were unclean. There are quotes in that. I'm just doing air quotes because you can't see it. That is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they've washed their hands in a ceremonial washing, holding down to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they don't eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with unclean hands? And he said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but they are far from me. They worship in vain, and their teachings and their rules are taught by men. You've let go of the commands of God, and you're holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of the God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his mother or father must be put to death. But you say that if a man curses his mother or father, whatever whatever help you might have otherwise have received from me is Corbin. Uh, That means a gift devoted to God. And then you no longer let him do anything for his father and mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition, as you have handed, it's been handed down to you. And you do many things like that. And Jesus called the crowd and said, listen to me. Everyone understand this. Nothing outside the man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it's what comes out of the man that makes him unclean. After he'd left the crowd and entered the house, the disciples then asked him about the parable. And this is one of my favorite parts. He says, are you so dull? (laughs) I'm just going to go out and leave it there for a second. Don't you see anything uh, that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For this doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. And this Jesus said, uh, declared that all foods were clean. Then he went on. What comes out of a man makes him unclean. For within him, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, conceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly, and all the evils that come from inside make the man unclean. That was a lot right there, huh? A lot of words. Words. Lots of words. So what did you catch from that? Some confusion. Yeah. 
So you've, you've heard this preached about a couple of times, I know for sure. We just were talking to the kids about it a little bit on Sunday on the way home from church. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about that? What did, what did you have to say on that? We, I don't remember how it started, but we were talking about God hates shrimp. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, yes, there's a website called GodHateShrimp.com, which is probably not accurate and quite, quite hilarious. <laughs> but the discussion was about how the Old Testament forbids the the people of God from eating certain things, shrimp and whatever else. And then obviously in the New Testament, God gives one of the disciples a vision of a banquet filled with stuff that he shouldn't eat. And the disciple basically thinks he's being tempted or whatever. And he says, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a good Jew. I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat that because I know you told me not to. And God kind of yells at him and says, how dare you think that I would give you something that you can't have if I given it to you. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of the laws, and especially in, uh, you know, the Levitical laws uh, that come in from the book of Leviticus, you know, the, the rules of how we should they're, live. Therefore, Levitical. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sometimes it's, I use words that people wouldn't uh, initially jump on, but those, those laws uh, from way back when, some of them are practical laws. Um, some of them are spiritual laws, you know. Some of them are confusing. <laughs> A lot of them are confusing, especially yeah. if we don't get it. Not, not eating baby goats boiled in their mother's milk. That's, well, that's just cruel. It's, that's weird. Yeah, if you look at some of them, like you're talking about the, uh, you know, the, the shrimp and the, the whole goof on the God made or God hates shrimp website. Um, one of the things that, that I replied, and I remember talking about this because I just cracked up about it for a long time. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're living in the desert. Yeah, they probably shouldn't eat something that came from that far away. It's probably rotted by the time it gets to them, right? So uh, I, I told the kids, and uh, I told uh, my, my son and my daughter, I was cracking myself up while doing it, that uh, it's not necessarily eating sushi that would be bad, but maybe you shouldn't eat gas station sushi. Sorry to anybody that works at a gas station and serves sushi. <laughs> but, but, you know, you're, you might be inviting botulism or some other such fun thing into your system, right? Uh, In, insert Im- image of Homer eating very old sandwich. Right, exactly. I need some time alone with the sandwich, I remember him saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's kind of a fun thing. But here Jesus is saying it's not what goes into their mouth. Now, now some of you guys are going to be clean freaks. One of my great friends, uh, love the guy to death, but he is a clean freak and maybe slightly OCD on his own admission. Um, but yeah, if it's got spots on the dishes, he's not using it, you know? And these guys are eating with hands that aren't washed. Now, some of you guys are like, well, yeah. You know, waiting for mom to smack you in the back of the head because you didn't wash your hands before dinner, or you're freaking out about dirty utensils and such. But he's actually not concerned so much about that as he's concerned about: uh, Are we following laws, or are we following relationship? Is it rules of relationship at this point? Which is kind of a theme throughout Mark. It's uh, where people divide, uh, men and women divide things on a horizontal basis, right? We look at 
like uh, in India, in the Hindu system, is a, is a caste level. You know, you're low people, mid people, or high people. We do kind of the same thing here. We're upper class, middle class, and lower class. But God doesn't do things like that. He divides things left and right. He divides them vertically. So this perpendicular line is... Up and down, not left and right. Left and right is horizontal. Well, yeah. Left side and right side is what I meant, yeah. So for clarification. But he's like, it's sheep or it's goats, you know? It's right or it's wrong. There's not a whole lot of gray area with these things. So what it comes down to, in Mark, he actually highlights this one particular point of rules or relationship. Now, relationships have rules, right? Uh, but there, if you love somebody or you're friends with somebody and, and really care for them, you'll do things that please them. And this is what he's talking about. Uh, are there other things that, that kind of kick it up? And I mean, we've... Just going through our past, we've gone through, um, you know, with dad working in as a chaplain in the Air Force. Uh, we've been to Pentecostal churches. We've been to Assembly of God, Methodist, um, a number of other churches. Some are, you know, more rule-oriented. Some are more grace-oriented. And I can see where there's fault in both sometimes, right? Sure. Yeah, because some, some are so graceful that they're just like, whatever happens, happens. It gets trouble. <laughs> and we've seen other ones that are just so rule-ridden that you don't want to show up. And there's a, no wonder there's only four people hanging out, right? You come wearing a t-shirt, you might as well not pull in the parking lot. <laughs> just as a, I, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I can't remember what it was. It was out on the west side of town in, Daven or in Davenport. Oh, yeah. No, I remember. Yeah. That's why I said it. And... Uh, <laughs> I showed up at 15 years old with an Iron Maiden t-shirt that says, can I play with madness? And there's, there's a, <laughs> a terrible image on it. And man, oh man, I was persona non grata there. <laughs> but, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, we, we kind of see this border rule and relationship, you know. And, and we still deal with that to today, you know. So he's talking about it's what comes out of you that makes the difference. Where do you see that difference? For what comes out of people, right? Um, well, I mean, every day, that whether it's specifically words, actions, I mean, it all makes a difference what comes out of you. You know, if you, if you tell someone you love them and then your actions don't mimic what you've said, then that makes a big difference, you know, it's a, a, a negative thing. So, you know, whether it's, whether it's ideas and seeds that you plant with words or actions, it all makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, it can make a difference in the way you perform your work. You, you could definitely see it there. Yeah. Um, most people don't necessarily grasp the level of customer service involved in their jobs and almost everybody's job in my opinion has a level of customer service involved and if you think to yourself oh I'm a pastor I'm not a customer service person then you're fooling yourself you might be a pastor but even from from that standpoint your parishioners and everybody you come across are 
customers there. Yeah, it's a different kind of service. Right. And so, you know, if you said, you know, I, it's just the, the way you handle things. If you think about going to, you know, someplace and you're trying to buy something from them and they look at you like you're scum because they don't like the clothes you're wearing. Yeah. You're less likely to go there. You're yeah, less likely to spend the money. Same way if I walked into your church and I'm wearing jeans with holes in them and an Iron Maiden Can I Play With Madness shirt and you're telling a story about how God is love and we should all reflect God and then you tell me that my kind isn't wanted here, yeah. then you clearly are not giving the appropriate customer service. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, it's not even customer service, it's family I, service in this case. Right. So it's, it's this related idea though. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, now I'm thinking that somebody by this time of the podcast has actually stopped and Googled Iron Maiden, can I play with madness? And has already seen the picture of what I was wearing. <laughs> That's kind of funny. But yeah, we've even had someone in our very own church get yelled at for wearing a hat. And, you know, it, there's maybe some cultural aspects for some people that are an issue. But I've also been yelled at for not wearing a tie or not wearing robes or not wearing a suit. How, how many times have we all read or shared a, the memes on Facebook about the 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 dirty homeless person who came in and blah 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 and you know the the person isn't really a homeless person he's Jesus and mm-hmm. everybody reads it and loves it and shares it and then but they don't want it doesn't you know that 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 person you know whether they're someone with a mental issue or just not necessarily well-groomed or mm-hmm. homeless, you know, as it may be, walks in and suddenly people are looking around wondering where are the exits and how, how do you handle business if this person freaks out or something, you know? Yeah. I talked to Pastor Chuck in, in one of these episodes a few few times back. And he, he said something, and he's like, you know what? The church loves to serve people. They love to serve, serve the poor and the hurting and the hungry. They just don't want to sit next to them. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's trouble in that way. You know, in this case, we, we have to look at it. And I, you know, I'm kind of a, I got a terrible sense of humor. When I look at this, I am literally thinking crap. Because Jesus says, it's not what goes into a person, it's what comes out of them, right? And what does he do? He lists from verse 20 on, he lists a bunch of like, it's not actual excrement, but it's crap that people do. Um, it says, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For within our hearts comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, and the list keeps going on. And it's just, it's on and on. And there's, there's something for everybody in this one. You know, over... Uh, probably a few things for everyone. Right. Pick three of your favorites. That's that's what's going on right now. And I mean, to be honest, this is this is crap. And, and they're really worried about what goes in instead of what comes out. And, you know, some of the things that he points out, we have real, real trouble with. You know, we put a lot of these things on pedestals. You know, 
evil thoughts. Well, my thoughts aren't evil because I'm thinking them. The other guys are the bad guys, and I'm the good guy. That's always the case, right? That I had uh, someone who I considered to be a, a really good friend. Maybe he was more of a close friend for a very long time, and one of his favorite things, anytime you'd question him on something, oh, it's not cheating if you don't get caught, or it's not stealing if you don't get caught. So then, you know, if you're the person being cheated on, or, you know, if you're the person affected by the stealing, it's kind of stealing even if you don't know who stole it or don't catch them stealing it. So, you know, it's people tend to twist things to their own personal point of view so that they're not the bad guy. Exactly. And then he gets into sexual immorality. Well, it's not immoral. Your friend said it's not immoral if he doesn't get caught. It's not theft or adultery or any of that unless he gets caught. But here's the thing. Like, you know, even today, we worship sexuality so much that people will stand out in the street wearing nothing. They will protest over stuff. And and here is the serious understanding that sexuality is so worshipped that we kill babies over it. We worship, we kill babies on the, the idol of idolatry for sexuality. You know, people are like, you know, let's think about that. So in old days when people would sacrifice to idols, right, it, it was just a, a weird thing. and It's hard for us to conceive of, but they're trying to gain some benefit or safety for themselves by giving up a life. And that was an actual thing that happened. It still happens in certain parts of the world. But... Here, we're saying we're better than that, but to make sure that we aren't inconvenienced with a child so we can finish school or we can live in a certain way, nobody has a problem aborting a child. And that's exactly what it is. It's idolatry. I remember, now talking about all this crap that he has in, in verses 20 through 23, the stuff that he lists out, it reminds me of, I went out to get my oil changed a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when I did, the guy says, uh, okay, can I have your phone number? He's like, okay, it's for Benny LaGrange. <laughs> now, I hate being called Benny. That's like one of the worst. There's, I don't even know if I've ever called you Benny. No, you've called me a lot of things, but Benny is not one of those. And I was like, yeah, no. I said, Benjamin or Ben. I'd, I'd rather be called Ralph than Benny. And he's like, the guy... You know, he kind of shrunk back. He's like, hey, I am very sorry. Don't hit me because crap splatters. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. But, you know, I, I started thinking about this and all of these things that he lists out. It's not, it's not like your friend said where if you don't get caught, it doesn't count, right? Because it does splatter. It hits everything around every time. You know, sexual immorality you know, we don't like to think of immorality as far as that these days. We're just whatever can happen whenever it's allowed to happen and then it's good, right? But that's not even how God views it. But every time that things happen outside of the frame that we're supposed to be allowed for, it, bad things happen. Hurt feelings, uh, lack of commitment, um, children that happen that shouldn't have happened, um, other divisions and problems that come from it. And so... 
it's it's very much these things that we need to look at. It's a matter of character and process rather than the details of how well did you scrub your fingers beforehand, you know? Did you wash all the bowls properly and put them in place? Everybody hates the rules lawyer. Bowls or bowls? Bowls. As in soup bowls, not bowls and soup. <laughs> not beef stew. <laughs> it's beef stew in a bowl. It's a bowl in a bowl. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's one of those things where we all kind of hate the rules lawyers. Nobody is really a fan of that. Um, Except the rules lawyers. Well, no, they just see it. I don't think they even appreciate it. They just uh, like, this is the way I'd like it to be, and I'm going to enforce it upon everybody else. Oh, the strange things, the strange things that people hold on to. Now, there's a second story in here, starting on, on verse 24 and going through the end of the chapter on verse 37. Could you read that for me? Sure. Say what to wear. It's from verse 24 through the end of the chapter. So starting okay. there. Okay. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. Tyre, yes. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet, he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place a hand on the man. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. <laughs> he looked up to, to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, some word that I can't say, which means be opened. At this, a man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded him not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So he's got like two stories of healing here. Uh, they're both weird. They are both weird. I'm really baffled by the second one. You know, I got it. He stuck his fingers in his ears. He spit. Where did he spit? On the man? On the ground? (laughs) He touched his tongue, but I wonder how much of that was necessary or how much was for show, because then he said a word, then the thing happened. Ephatha, right? And it's a, it's a strange thing. I got to admit my bad parenting here because I this is what came through my mind. Uh, last week when we were in Florida. You gave uh, Elliot a wet lily? No, I, I did worse. 
<laughs> there was a, a Tesla coil. You remember those little glass balls that had the, uh, the lightning inside of it? And you touch the ball, and then the all the lightning thing. Yeah, all the plasma lightning goes right to where you're touching. Uh, I had Elliot put his hand on it, and he's like, that's cool. I said, you think that's cool? Now put your, your finger in your mouth, lick your finger. I said, now stick it in your ear. And he's like, okay. So he did. And he's like, what's supposed to happen, Dad? I said, I don't know. You just gave yourself a wet willy. <laughs> but, but it makes me, it made me think of this when I, when I'm, I'm, you know, it's a goofy father thing, I know. But I, I did this. He said be open and his mind was open to his dad being a fool. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, there's strange things that really happen here. Um, in fact, that, that first set of verses here, between 24 and 30, when it's the Syrophoenician woman and her daughter, I'll explain that in a second. It's, it's just a few verses, but I actually had to write a 24-page dissertation on that particular thing, just that section. <laughs> so I've had a, a little experience with this one, to say the least. So here's the weird thing, because the, uh, the map is always guilty is one of the things a professor used to say. The map in your Bible is always guilty. It's telling you something that you just don't get yet. So Jesus went into that town and he entered the house and didn't want anyone to know it. Basically, he needed some time away. He needed a little bit of vacation. The people are overwhelming him. Imagine if you were the guy with the, the magic touch that's healing everybody and uh, you, you're running around being chased worse than the Beatles or Justin Bieber or any of it, right? He just needed to go. And he's trying to get this time alone. And this woman comes begging, hey, could you heal my daughter? He can't get away from any of it. Even outside of Israel itself. In fact, going back, there's, um, this is the same area of, of Tyre and Sidon in Phoenicia, in Syria, or modern day Syria, that um, Elijah went. Because when there was a famine, he went out there. Uh, and that's actually where he did his miracles. So even when it couldn't be done in, in their own country at the time, he went outside. But it almost seems kind of insulting the way he talks to her, right? He says, first let the children eat all they want, for it's not right for children to take, to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. What, what do you make of that? I was confused even reading it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a weird thing right there, but, you know, you would feed your own family before you feed somebody else's family, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's one of those particular things. Yeah, it wasn't quite time for the gospel to spread outside of Israel yet, I think, is, is kind of the main thing here. Because a lot of times people get tripped up on this particular piece. Like, how do we go about that? What does that even mean? But she's like, you know... Even the dogs get the crumbs from under the table. He's like, so everybody gets fed eventually, but could you spare me now? Could you help me now? Okay. Does that does that make sense? Well, yeah. It, if you explain that the children are the Jews and the dogs are everyone else, I guess. It, I mean, honestly, it that's makes how more sense. Yeah, that's how they viewed the, the Gentiles. They're like those unclean, filthy curs over there, right? But in this case, you know, he gave her mercy that she didn't deserve. She actually had a posture of humility there. 
And that, I think that's actually what did it, you know? And there's too many times we just stand up to God and we say, give me this, give me this, give me this. And we forget the whole humility bit. We forget to, to remember that it's mercy that does it, not a demand of, yeah, we are children of God, but, you know, we don't get to shake him down for whatever we want and hold him hostage like a five-year-old. I'm going to hold my breath until you give me what I want, or I'm going to stomp in this, the middle of this store until you give me what I want. It's kind of a strange thing. Now, the, the other one, again, it's, uh, it's the 10 cities of the Decapolis is really what that means, is just multiple cities that are all together there. So after he left there and went down by the Sea of Galilee in that area, um, they brought him the blind and deaf, or the deaf and mute man, right? What do you think of this? I mean, other than the, the, the process he used, I mean, that's, that's a strange, strange deal. But is there anything else that, that kind of hit you with this or anything that brought to mind? He did it and then told him to zip it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of a kind of a weird thing. Don't tell anybody. Tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, and he tells them. Don't told worry, them. I won't tell anyone. Hey, did you see what this guy just did? Right, but you know, that's one of those things where if you weren't able to talk before and suddenly you can you can't talk, you can't hear, and suddenly you can both talk and hear, but you're not supposed to tell anyone. <laughs> the, the I um, it's weird because then it makes you wonder, did he get, he, I can't imagine he gave him the gift of healing only to tell him that he really needed to pretend that it didn't happen. <laughs> I know. Or, or, or tell him the poor slob down the street is the one who did it, so they leave me alone. Yeah, it'd be kind of a weird thing. I mean, yeah, I've always had a little bit of trouble in, in wrapping my mind around this because, yeah, there's... I, I'm thinking, is Jesus using reverse psychology? <laughs> is that what's happening here? Don't tell anybody. Everybody. It's okay. But, yeah, there's something more going on. And when we look at it, you know, if Jesus didn't want him to tell anybody, why didn't he just fix his hearing? And that is <laughs> not his speech, you know? But Jesus does make people completely whole, not partially whole, you know? And people were overwhelmed with amazement. He was... Uh, he has done everything well, and he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. But here, the, this glory is going to Jesus, you know. But everybody wants a particular thing from him. But he's always there to provide more than they're thinking. So if you were deaf and mute, what would you want fixed? If you had an either or. Just a weird question that came up. Um, I... I had no idea. Yeah. I've actually had even people that were hard of hearing or came from deaf families that were absolutely, that this is like a, this is a, a part of the Bible that really offends them because they're, they're set into thinking, well, God made me this way. This is the way I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But you and I have both heard this saying and said it more than once. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And that doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean deafness as much as it can does mean you as 
a person to you as a spiritual being, whatever. But, I mean, if God chooses to, to give you an option to cure your deafness, then, I mean, for one, he, he didn't give you the gift of healing and have it be a bad thing. Right. He gave you the gift because it was a good thing. Right. You know, and we're also looking at, at two different kinds of miracles that he does here. Yeah, the first one is is pretty obvious. He doesn't even need to be around the girl, you know? So, nowhere near. In fact, it, it seems, just the way it's, it comes out here in Scripture, that not, it doesn't have to do with him at all. It almost seems that way. It has to do with, with the mom's faith and her reply and how she came about it. He doesn't have to lay hands on her, uh, that he can pray for, for her from afar. And then the other one, you know, he actually goes in and touches the person directly. More than that, spits on his fingers and touches the man's tongue. I mean, that's, you know, it's weird. He puts his fingers in his ears and then spits and wipes it on his tongue. It, it, it's a whole process that's involved. So there's, there's something to be said with that. You know, that it's not always what you think it is. It might be just downright goofy I, I, I've, sometimes. I've just got this weird image in my head of me jamming my finger in your ear, spitting on my finger, and then wiping your mouth with it. I mean... It's, yeah, it's... People really don't take the time to just settle on that for a second. They're like, oh yeah, Jesus healed him. How did he do it? Oh, yeah. A little earwax spitting. I, I think people, it'd be less weird if if it said Jesus put his hands on his shoulders and headbutted the dude. You yeah. know, I mean. It might seem slightly less weird. You know, you're like, oh, well, the wires weren't connected properly. So we got it. it loose. Yeah. But it's it's not even that. I mean, it's uh, it's really comes into an oddity, and there's a lot to really sit and ponder on. We're not going to have all the answers on it, obviously, but <laughs> my brother's cracking up over here. Right there. <laughs> he, he flipped the table in the temple and kneeled the guy with the broken table. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing, right? <laughs> you know, the guy with the broken table. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot that happens in this chapter. So we're looking at um, the first part, we actually see that difference of what's right and what's wrong. What's clean and what's unclean, right? And then, then at the end of the chapter, you're like, you know, eating with unclean hands, that's one thing, or dirty dishes, but you just spit in, in my ears and and touch my tongue with the, the same waxy fingers you had in my ears. <laughs> it goes from unclean to really unclean. And how would how would the Pharisees think of that particular piece? They would be losing their dang minds. <laughs> I just... I, I I can't imagine any girl necessarily wanted to kiss that guy. <laughs> and and then the Pharisees saith unto Jesus, dang, that is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say it like Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a it's a weird thing at that point. So I mean <laughs> we've got strange to stranger to strangest. But yeah, it's that, you know, but when it comes down to it, there's there's also relationship pieces throughout the entirety of this chapter. And, and it, it kind of befuddles me sometimes because, like, these chapters, 
were not written by Martin. You know, they came well after the fact. And I always stop and think, okay, you know, in fact, if you, you look at the original scriptures, the, the oldest ones we have, it looks like a run-on sentence. There's no commas, periods, exclamation points. There's no separation. You have to know the language to know what, what word stops and ends, uh, where one word stops and the new one begins. So it's like one continuous set of letters up and down the scroll. What made them think... <laughs> Okay, we're going to go ahead and section this off about, <laughs> you know, clean hands. Healing. I think the original quote from Mark about the demon being cast out was, yo, he gone. <laughs> and they he must gone. have cleaned it up. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> so the, the whole thing here is uh, we look at it and there's a relationship bit, right? Would it be better for his people to starve and be hungry and be miserable or just pick something up and eat? You know, is it better for Jesus to actually take care of this girl, even though he's on vacation and trying to stay away from the whole thing? Is it better for Jesus to actually, you know, what's worse is the man still being deaf and mute or having a little spit and wax going on there. Right. So it's what comes out of the situation. Right. So it starts this mildly, seemingly weird converse. Almost, I mean, to be honest, if someone said that to me, like, you know, could you heal my boy? He's like, you're a dog. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, but could you heal him? I like it goes from mildly rough to to like, okay, she was healed. And this guy, it's what comes out of it. What comes out of the whole thing, right? And that's the only thing I can see where this parenthesis comes from. You know, where does this start and where does this stop? It's like, oh, it's about uh, not what goes in, but what goes out. <laughs> it's not about the waxy fingers that go from your ears to your mouth. And what comes out of it is words now, right? And, and it's kind of a strange deal that we run into there. Are there any other thoughts that you had on this chapter before we close this, uh, this episode? It's not the strangest thing in the Bible. It's not the strangest thing in the Bible. But man, is it strange, right? Yes. Yeah, you got to see. If you guys could see the look on on Tim's face right now, he's like, "What are we even doing here right now? <laughs> Did I just say that out loud?" <laughs> A man who's very shy to speak, never. But you know, we we've had a lot to say here. Uh, you know, as it stands, we've we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything that that really hit you about this, or anything you'd want to? You know, think about afterwards any brand new things for you. Don't ask Jesus for anything that you're not willing to take the the, the, the response, you know. Exactly. Yeah, if he, you ask him to cure your deafness, be prepared to eat some earwax, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something to that. I mean, think of that. You know, God... You want God to bless you with a new car. You just don't want him to bless you with a new car payment. Right? No, exactly. <laughs> you, want, you want Jesus to, to bless you with a, a good meal. You just don't want him to be blessed with the having to exercise afterwards. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a, it's a strange deal. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out today's episode in prayer. I just wanted to thank everybody for joining in. Thanks for the chuckles. I, I love hanging out with my brother. We get along so much better when it's just the two of us, don't we? Sometimes. Sometimes. Almost all the time. So I, I hope you guys have had fun. I hope you open the Bible and read with us. But don't just let us read it for you. Also remember to go back there for yourself. Get some new thoughts and opinions. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you while you're reading through the scripture. So thank you for joining us here today. 
And uh, as you go out this week, go in grace and peace. That means go make peace with God so you can be his grace in this world. Amen.